everyone and welcome to room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 247, we're discussing The Mandalorian Chapter 13, Daredevil, Cinematic Future, and the potential expansion of Disney+. Plus. I'm on your host, Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Carlos. And I'm back, baby. It's the Sunjay coming at you on another Thursday episode of the Nerd Room. No, 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 Nerd Room. Sanjay, I think you just don't show up on the podcast so you can have those epic entrances after a week or two off. <laughs> I just got lost. I like tried to make my way downstairs and I ended up like going outside and so I missed you guys last week. But yeah, I'm yeah, back, we, baby. We missed both you and Troy last week. Carlos and I, we held it down. A little shaky, but we got our way through it. But we're happy to have you guys back in the seats this week because we've got another exciting week to discuss you more, here. right? I miss you both equally, just like my children. I love them both equally. <laughs> but, like, if you had to choose, right? Like, if you were stuck on a desert island, me or Troy. Mind you, Troy is a lot bigger guy, so he needs more food and nourishment to keep that perfectly maintained body growing. I, I don't so, know if you like... want to hear my answer on this one. I'm just... <laughs> Think to you I would night. choose Carlos. <laughs> He's Batman. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> he got from the Lazarus Pit to Gotham in the Dark Knight Rises in a day. Yeah, hundred percent. He, he's that's he's right. There. Whatever it takes to show up, man. That's what was happening in that scene. Bruce is like, dude, got to do an episode of the Nerd Room. Got to yeah. make that climb. <laughs> Screw this rope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Broke my back, but a couple push-ups later, and it's all good. <laughs> that's no, right, man. Because it's Batman. <laughs> all right, guys, we've got another exciting week for you. We're talking Mandalorian Chapter Thirteen: The Jedi an epic installment of what is turning out to be an unreal season of The Mandalorian. Daredevil, the rights have reverted back to Marvel Studios proper. So let's see and let's talk what they're going to do with that character and potentially the other characters that did have their own Netflix series and where they're going to land in the future here. And also the potential of Disney Plus to expand a little bit beyond that homegrown family feel. A little bit of rumor out there that they could be grown this brand into the 18 plus realm so we're going to break that down and discuss even if that is a real possibility so very very exciting stuff here guys but first things first before we get into any of the news for this week we've got to get into our weeks in nerd the most exciting segment in the nerd room and we always kick it off with that i was back on the hunt this weekend boys after taking last weekend off pretty excited but We've had a couple guys here that got two weeks worth of nerd to get through, so we're going <laughs> to kick it over to Sanjay, always requesting to go first. You're going to go first this time, dude. Yeah, man, I'm telling you, you know, when you start the bar low, it's easy to jump over. <laughs> when you guys are like, hey, man, I got a first edition of Batman from 1940, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I got like a chocolate bar that had Wonder Woman on it. Like, you know, it kind of isn't as exciting. But, Each you know, own, if you man. build Whatever it makes slow, you happy. Yeah, man. You just build in slow. What did I tell you, man? Low expectations. That was in my wedding vows. <laughs> what do you always say? Promise nothing, deliver less. <laughs> <laughs> That's tattooed on my right arm. Oh, wait, that's my left arm. It came off my right arm. Damn tattoo artist. <laughs> All right, man. Let, let's hear it. What do you got? All right, man. Well, you know, everyone knows that this Friday was Black Friday and Normally, in a normal year, I would be out there at 6 a.m., you know, banging pavement, 
and I would be on in the stores, lining up, minus 20-degree weather. I'm always there. But not this year, man. Not this year. I decided to take a different approach. So uh, this year, and stores were actually pretty good about this. A lot of their sales started like two weeks before or like a week before. And so like what I kind of did was um, instead of like cramming it all in and like going in on the store on the Friday is I used like the online. So I bought a little bit more um, online stuff, but then I like would go, you know, during my lunch break when like the malls were kind of quiet and I would just like sneak in there, you know, go to Sunrise Records here in Canada like bing bang boom like a ninja man i was just like i need this i need this boom boom look at the sales look at the deals in and out of there man in and out like was i even there who knows i was that quick can't find me man (laughs) and so um i i ended up getting you know a, a, a couple movies one or two um these this week but then like when black friday came i was like you know what i have like all these movies like surrounding me i was like i have like a library that would make like blockbusters jealous sometimes you know what i mean like not to toot my own horn but like toot 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 away bro (laughs) yo man that's what i say to my kids on dinner time no i'm just kidding (laughs) oh where is this going dude you are uh yeah fine form tonight (laughs) and so like what i was saying was like you know what i should like really like watch these things right like it, it got to the point almost where the hunt was like more enjoyable than the movie itself and I had to like take a step back and like reevaluate my focus and be like, all right, like, why am I getting more enjoyment picking up this copy of, say, like, I don't know, Masters of the Universe? Spoilers for later in this episode. Stay tuned. Um, or like a copy of Weird Science. You know what I mean? But it's like, but then like, I mean, all these movies that like, there's so many that I just haven't like seen yet. So I'm like, okay, I got a plan. So I stayed home on Black Friday and I ended up like watching a couple movies. Um, during the day and I was like you know I'm gonna like bang out some of these movies that I've been dying to see and it's like if you if you factor in the time it takes to go to a store and to look around drive there drive back if I take that out and I like put that towards watching a movie it's like man I could really like knock out some of this collection uh in the in the next couple weeks here and stuff so I'm like going back and I'm like re-watching franchises and um the franchise that I'm started with Friday the 13th. Now, I picked a franchise with 12 movies, and I've knocked out 10 of them already, so I only got two left. Uh, But then I'm going to go to another franchise, and this is one that's going to make Troy's heart happy. You know, we always, like, sometimes we just don't get along, right? Like, in terms of movie selection, we're like vinegar and water. But this time we're like... Oil um, and vinegar? (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. (laughs) What's that? Oil and vinegar. (laughs) Are you sure? Maybe I was like thinking of like a salad dressing recipe or something. <laughs> Oil and or water and vinegar as a salad dressing? Yeah, man. It's probably just do fine with just the vinegar. <laughs> it's too strong for my taste buds. They're delicate, man. You gotta dilute water it. dilute down that vinegar. Yeah. <laughs> man, somewhere out there, the brown half of your family is shaking their head at that last at that last statement about your sensitive yeah. taste buds. Oh yeah. man, yeah, it's so true. Like you damn Canadian. <laughs> Sanjay, that is disgusting. <laughs> Carlos knows what is up. <laughs> I do. I know. Yeah, what man. Up. I mean, I just can't help it. You know, my taste buds are delicate. They're like little flowers. Um, 
But uh, the next franchise I'm going to knock out is Bill and Ted, man. Yeah. Bill and Ted just came out with the third one, and I've only seen the first one, and that was like three years ago. And I have the second one sitting here, and the third one was one of the films that I did pick up uh, these last two weeks. Um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, and uh, I'm dying to see it, but I haven't seen the second one. So I'm going to go back and rewatch those, and then... Um, you know, just knock down French is like Back to the Future is another one that's just sitting on my shelf, and I didn't get the 4K version because I have the Blu-ray still there in its in its case wrapping. So I'm like, maybe I should probably like watch that one first, and then get a 4K player, and then get it on 4K. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. That just makes too much sense to me. So, uh, yeah, man, that's pretty much it. I'm trying to think of other stuff that I picked up. You know, I got all my Christmas shopping done, so nice. yay for me. Like, super early. Normally, I'm, like, there on, like, Christmas Eve. Like, ah, oh, I don't know. Does my wife need a new pair of, like, winter tires? <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> gift for her, man. It's so romantic. want her to be safe. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that's it for me. Um, Sonny, gonna... I, I, have to, I have to point out here one thing. So what you've experienced over the last week or so with how you described it to me, it's a a clinical issue. We've all been diagnosed with it. Um, (laughs) It's it's called the thrill of the hunt, man. Yeah, man. That is what you are chasing. You've got that steelbook anxiety, if you want to call it that. (laughs) Yeah. The plastic anxiety for a lot of us. I totally get that. And there's something to be said about dipping into a store and hitting the aisle and mm-hmm. seeing if what you want is there. And Oh, man, so true. It, it's sometimes almost when you build up to a movie, too, especially since we've had the podcast. It's like that build-up, that anticipation, the discussion, the, the debating, the predictions is almost better than the movie itself, right? And so it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a real thing for, for all of us collectors out there, the thrill of the hunt. It, it, the hunt is real. And that thrill, man, oh, yeah. it, it sometimes is what gets you through to A to, from A to B. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, man. Like, cause especially here with like a lot of stuff that was like closed for a while, like stores and stuff. And then when they reopened, it was kind of like, I don't know. It's like you missed it, right? It's cause it's like, it wasn't there. You kind of took it for granted. And then when, when stores reopened, it was just like such a thrill to go back. And uh, now that things are getting like a little bit like crazy again, it's just like, I just want to like, stay away for a bit but definitely that hunt man you know you still get it online but yep. it's just not the same you know no. like when you like roll into like a sunrise and they have like a steel book you're like oh i've been looking for that you know it's just like it's just not quite the same but you know what these are these are different times man and i'm just gonna have to roll with it for now um but uh yeah man like online i i picked up a ton of stuff online so you know i was quite happy now next year knock on wood hopefully like things are completely i don't know why i knocked on wood but um hopefully like things are completely different and i can go back pounding the pavement on black friday and get some of those like deals in person but uh we'll see man we'll see next year at best buy i'm sure you'll be there sunny but uh, how about you try man did you hit up any of those yeah, deals sales what have you been doing for the last couple of weeks you know we miss craven miss craven last week yeah man no no i was i was out there man i was um I was all over the place. I think, uh, shoot, I got all my timelines mixed up. Um, I, you know, <laughs> like the best X-Men way to track it is franchise. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The best way for me to track it is is me and Carlos's DMs, man. Because anything I find, I'm, I'm shooting my boy. Like, yo, look what I got. But um, yeah, man. Toys R Us, man. I went to Toys R Us a while back, and um, 
because I'm on the hunt for Rogue. I need that Rogue Marvel Legends retro card back, right? So I go to go to Toys R Us and I see nothing, but I find the Gambit retro pack, like the retro mm-hmm. uh, on card. And I was like, I already had this guy. I had no interest in getting him, but I see him on the wild. And I think there was, was there one or two. I can't, there wasn't much, but I'm like, yeah, I got to get this guy. Yeah, because I picked up two of them. So I didn't know if Darth had it or not. So I want to get it to secure it just in case. He was good. Um, Carlos passed on it at the time. So I returned the one, but I kept the other. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, yeah, I need this guy. So I have one on display and I have the original one back in the box. So then I go back out there on the grind and um, I'm working. I'm working the pretty long hours. And then I, uh, I finished my day finally. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop at Walmart. I'm going to stop at Walmart and just see what's going on. And I pick up Clone Wars Season 7 Ahsoka. Oh. Finally. Finally. So I joined Kyle in that that Ahsoka club from Tumbling Saber. Um, super thrilled because Ahsoka is like, that's that's like, you know, that's in my top three, top four favorite Star Wars characters. I'm just so glad to have her. I basically have every Ahsoka Black series now. Uh, on the six inch scale so super cool figure it's my favorite looking one um like she looks great she's fantastic and her posability her her uh, articulation is is awesome the lightsabers like the blue lightsabers look so cool everything about her is good so i got my hands on her then man it was is all star wars is all star wars so i go to i don't know a couple days later i go to another walmart or, sorry another toys r us and i see the return of the jedi leia like just chilling by herself and i'm like man like this is something I thought I was maybe going to chill on. and But, you know, when you see it, when you see it in person, it's so hard, man. You do that double take and you don't even think about it. You just pick it up. You throw it in your cart. So I got my hands on the Leia. Next day later, I go to a different Toys of Us and I see the Han from the Return of the Jedi. <laughs> and I see the Luke from Return of the Jedi just, just chilling there again in that green card back. Because these packages, man, these packages look so cool. I love the new... Black Series Hasbro line, man. Like, the, the new box art is fantastic. So, I had to get my hands on those two. So, I picked them up. And then, at first, I was like, ah, maybe I'll leave them in the box. And I was like, ah, I got so many of these things in the box. I'm going to have some fun. So, I took them out. And I was just like, man, like, I'm just going to make a Return of the Jedi shelf now. So, I, I took them all out of the box. And I had them posed behind, like, their box art. Kind of like um like our boy uh, uh, Dave, how he's rocking yeah. his out. Right. So I did one of those and I took out my Darth Vader, posed it up. So I was like, man, this is awesome. Cool. Then, like, I don't know, like a couple of days later, like Timbo here <laughs> hits me up. He's like, man, EB Games, they got the TMNT, Raph, and Casey Jones pack. There's only three. And I'm like, oh, man. Okay. I got to get these. These are all things I was going to pass on. <laughs> but like, <laughs> once I hear or see it, I'm like, I'm in. So I was like, dude, thanks. I call EB Gaines. I'm like, yo, like, put one on hold for me. And thank goodness I did because when I went there to pick it up, the other two were gone. Oh like, wow! Or, or maybe they're on hold. I don't know, but they weren't there when I were there. Was when I was there. So um, I picked these two up in the box. And I'm like, wow! Like now I see what Tim was talking about. Like these things look wicked. Like I already had the raft, but seeing that Casey Jones in that Neca form, oh. and these things pose pretty great too. Got them home, like, posed them up right away. And I was like, man, like, Raphael's, like, trench coat kind of moves and bends a little bit so you can make it look like it's flapping in the wind. And, like, the, he has, like, I think he has two new hands yeah. as well so you can, like, hold the size differently. Man. Oh, have and you mercy. got it for, like, that sub $60 price point, right? Like, I bought it directly yeah. from NECA, and I think I paid upwards of, like, 75 80 for it. Now, I got it a couple months ago. But... Way earlier. 
Yeah. But that like at this stage is like, you know, I just secured it because I wanted it. But to see yeah. them now showing up in EB Games, it was like whoa! Like, and the price point is like, it's like you're dope. paying less than the single pack figures, right? <laughs> yeah, with that with the Edge card, which is totally recommended, is like fifty three bucks. Yeah, which is insane. So, like you're paying yeah. like twenty what six seven dollars per figure, and the amount of accessories yeah. that Casey Jones comes with alone. Like, and when you oh, when you do that next crazy. to like a deluxe pack of a Black Series, like the detail and it's just crazy what they're able to do in that neck. And then all the turtles, single pack turtles are showing back up too, which is nice. Yeah, they're all popping up. Yeah, so when I picked it up that day, the lady told me at the time, one of the stores in town was carrying four or two of the turtles, but she didn't tell me which ones. Yeah. So yeah, so they're resurfacing again, which is um, which is cool, man. Every, like everybody has a soft spot for the turtles. Like oh, I, I totally yeah. recommend, if you can get your hands on those four turtles, man, do it up. Like, yeah. And they're, they're phenomenal. Sh- should be showing back up now. Like this is like NEC has released seemingly a third wave of them. It seems that are showing back up in yeah. those single packs. Yeah. You'll see probably the double pack show up in Canada in particular soon, with, along with the Casey and Raf stuff. But it, it's going to be hit and miss if you can get them or not. So if you see them, big big recommend. <laughs> you got to grab those. Yeah, yeah. So no, no. So huge, huge shout out, man. Thanks, dude. Like, so glad I got my hands on those two because. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun with those guys. And uh, to wrap it up, um, it was there's so been so many pickups and it's been two weeks. I finally <laughs> landed. Uh, I finally landed the rogue. I finally got the rogue. So the, the thing I was trying to hunt the whole time, I ended off my week by securing rogue. So I go to a Toys R Us. I think it was on the Sunday. And I'm thinking it's 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 a Sunday. It's Black Friday. There's no way I'm gonna find one of these things. But I placed a curbside pickup for my daughter for a gift. So I go, I pick it up, and I'm like, oh, I'll just run in. Like, who knows? And I go in there, <laughs> and there's Rogue just chilling. I was like, man, like Toys R Us, you've been good. You've been good. Hi, so I, uh... Which Toys R Us were you at? <laughs> this is Market. This is Market Mall, man. Okay, okay. But honestly, I, I went to every Toys R Us. Like, I, I've gone to all of them, except I think Cross Iron was the only <laughs> man, one. I, this is I why like we were called face. Craven. <laughs> there is yeah, there's no distance that you won't go <laughs> to nail a thing. It's funny, and in, in your path, you picked up another six figures. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. But no, we're just hiding it in the back because they're like, we know Troy. Yeah, will this get guy's this gonna be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. Yeah, yeah. But let's let him get like something other on the on the store floor first, you know, and then we'll bring it back in a week just to toy with him. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I'm glad, man. No, I secured her. Um, I got her because I'm starting like this new shelf, uh, across from my MCU shelf, which is just like the comic accurate Marvel Legends, and so it's cool now that I got a rogue to display with with Gambit and like the other X Men and the other Marvel heroes, and I still got my OG rogue um, in box still. So uh, no, man, it's been it's been a good couple weeks for uh, for collecting the comics too. Hold up, you know the comics. Um, so I finished X of Swords, and it, it was awesome. It was it was it was fantastic. I love what Jonathan Hickman's doing, and this is just like the middle grounds of his run. So this is like the end of the run. This is like. You know what? It's kind of like Infinity, what Infinity was for the Avengers. Oh, wicked. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. middle ground, but it wasn't quite the end. Um, but Daredevil 23, Carlos, is that the one you recommended? Uh, yeah, 23, because 24 was this week. Yes, last Daredevil, week. Yeah. Daredevil 23 by Chip Zardisky. Zardisky, I think. Yeah, um, Carlos has been telling me about this one for a while, and I had it for a while, but I just never got a chance to read it. Finally picked it up, or finally read the book, 
Um, no spoilers, but I mean, it's on the cover, but my boy Spider-Man makes an appearance, you know, hence why Carlos recommended to me. And Chip, this guy, all I'm going to say is this guy needs to be writing Spider-Man because what he's doing with Daredevil, I'm pretty sure I'm going to continue this run. It's it's This whole book was so cool. Uh, the stakes that are ahead, where they placed Matt Murdock. Um, I just don't want to spoil anything. But um, seeing these two street-level heroes kind of team up and the art that's going on, and um, man, there's this Kingpin 2 was fantastic in this book. There's there's so much I want to say, but I just don't want to spoil anything. So I think it's it's cool for everyone to just kind of pick up issue 23. You don't really need too much background going into it and just and just ride it, man. Like this was a this is a really cool book. This was actually probably my favorite pickup in a bit. Um, yeah, man, it was it was a lot of fun. There was another book I picked up, but I can't remember right now because all that ha- is going through my head right now. Oh, the Daredevil. other history was the other one that you picked up. That's true. That's true. And I never finished it. I'm halfway through, but that's a cool take as well going on in the DC uh, universe. Um, basically kind of going on about um, Black Lightning and his whole like origin story. But it's also cool because you're seeing like what's going on in his side of the world. You also see like the come up of like the heroes, like the Justice League, the metahumans, Batman, how they're like saving the world. But how there's other stuff going on in like the urban community through Black Lightning's eyes that no one's taking care of except for it's basically up to him to kind of rise and like defend his part of the of of the city which is which is cool but i'm not quite done so i can't really go all the way in but carlos my man like that's all you because i think you finished the whole book right yeah it's a meaty read like it took me took me half a day to get through because it's written in prose style and it's like a thick book as it is but it is yeah what a powerful story like they it's pretty cool like dc does a bit of a meta criticism of itself with how they handled diversity and representation in the past how um even just they kind of talk about like tokenism with a character like john stewart and how he was never green lantern he was kind of the green lantern in waiting in just in case and then like how jefferson pierce black lightning viewed him and um had some resentment as to what he thought he represented and what he didn't represent. And then when they come together and it's so cool because Ridley builds this beautiful story around things and moments from the regular DC universe that you actually know that happened through invasion and crisis and all these other things, but just through the eyes of this street level hero and like black lightning pulls no punches. Like he calls out Superman like two or three times in this book. Yeah. And and like not even in a bad way, but just in a like, dude, you're like out of touch kind of kind of way. And mm-hmm. they, they do some neat things. And like you really feel for this character throughout the course of the story, like the impact that his lifestyle has on his family. And man, it was it was phenomenal. Like it was such a good read and like bravo on DC for just being like, yeah, like they couldn't have told a better story. I don't think like, yeah. That's and awesome. I didn't know what to expect. Because, like, going, themes. going into the book too. It was so different. Like you mentioned, like it's, it reminds me of like, um, like growing up in the nineties, my textbooks were still like, you know, kind of from the late eighties and the textbook or this comic book actually opens up like a textbook almost that you would read in mm-hmm. school. And even like the illustrations was kind of something that you would see in school or just like that old kind of like comic book style. It was really interesting, like, what they were going for. And like Carlos mentioned before, I think, through the DM, him and I were talking about it. And it's like, it wouldn't have worked any other way but this way. With it, with it being so, like, text-heavy, if you just had them popping up like a regular comic book, you wouldn't be able to, like, 
complete the story the way it is. So it's it's a really cool choice of how they decided to tackle the layout and the presentation of this book, which is something I've never seen in a comic book. Yeah. Well, you nailed it with the art. Like they, they had like Giuseppe Camoli, right? Is his last name? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. So he, he channels the artists of the seventies and there's times where he actually apes like famous pictures, but it's his, his style kind of merged with a silver age type of aesthetic to it as well. And uh, yeah, it's a cool look. It's a, brilliant book and one of the sweetest covers i think on a comic book i've seen all year yeah it's uh yeah it was good stuff man i'm so happy you picked it up and i i I love that you like it it took you a little bit to get into it but then yeah i i could tell like the frequency of the dm drops started (laughs) started increasing (laughs) yeah no no thanks for the recommend man definitely and i can't wait to finish it up for sure yeah. yeah no it's a gooder Wicked. Well, goddamn Batman, keep this going, man. What else did you get up to this week? Yeah, man, I read lots of comics, too. Um, did X of Swords right to the end as well. And it, it was cool. It wasn't what I expected, and it's not how they built the story up. Like, I think through the 22 issues, like, the first 13 of them are them compiling these swords, and you think you're going to get, like, this big Mortal Kombat, and you... <laughs> most certainly don't <laughs> like it, it kind of gets flipped on its head and yeah there's all sorts of other things that happen so it's not that if that's what you think you're getting like i think out of the t- 12 matchups 24 participants there's maybe three sword fights through the whole thing. <laughs> uh, but they do some cool character work and it was neat to kind of see the societies of the mutants on Krakoa and then the mutants of Araco kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that that was cool. It it lost me a bit with a bit of the Saturine Captain Britain stuff. That other world. Uh, uh, yeah, and all our peeps yeah. in the UK, I love you, but you know, <laughs> ca- you can keep Captain Britain and all that all that jazz. Like Excalibur. You're by Alan Moore back in the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the only Marvel comic he wrote was Captain Britain. <laughs> Cool, cool story, Sanjay. So, anyways, but that that was that was all right. That was that was pretty neat. And then, uh, yeah, as far as pickups go, you know what? I kept it pretty chill as far as leaving and doing whatever. But uh, I got to give all credit to Mrs. Batman. She's really been spearheading like an adopt a family program in the city, uh-huh. and then with Dreams Take Flight, the charity that she's involved with, um, with them not doing a flight they've reached out to the families of the kids that they would normally take and kind of what do you guys need? What do you want Christmas to look like? And trying to realize that. So um, there was one little girl and when we got kind of her age range and wish list, she put together like this stellar package of DC superhero girls. So we planted the seeds for another little fan yeah. girl and it's cool, man. Like the, the new version of these dolls, they've totally leaned into making the DC superhero girls like different and diverse and dynamic. So it actually has like an African-American Catwoman is to reflect the one in the show and like Supergirl's a bit different body type and one woman's like a brown skin girl. So I thought that was kind of cool. And so this little girl is going to get five new characters and we've planted another DC fan in YYC here. So that, you, that same was... way you hooked my daughter right in, man. She, those dolls you gave her, they reside in her bed. 
<laughs> I, I know, man. She's uh, she's ride or die with Team she DC, is. man. She is, man. She's all awkward in. teenage years for Tim, but uh... <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Do you know what? I'll, I'll say this for sure. DC does a much better job pulling in the young female audience. I think that they're way more engaging. You know, it's not to say that Marvel isn't doing a reasonable job. That DC's, I just find way more digestible for someone that is in that age range you know especially between like four and seven right that like to capture their minds and like you said they've, they've done a really good job diversifying things too which is yeah, awesome to so, see yeah and it's 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 just cool like i like that they kind of have offerings for everybody and i like when they separate them out where it's just like yeah this is very much for this age range but yet we have mm-hmm. watchmen over here and that's that's not for anybody under 21 kind of thing so (laughs) yeah so that was cool and then uh, it's been all about the video games but video Mm -hmm. games in our fan space so i put the work in with miles morales this weekend and uh yeah baby i got that 100 percent completion and just sitting on a speed run through new game plus to get that platinum trophy but all the side missions every little costume i could unlock every cat i could rescue it's all taken care of and uh man what a what a joy of a game like they did a fantastic job building on the like the core engine and kind of the the tropes of the mission so to speak are the same as the first spider-man game but the game is uniquely miles from beginning to end from the music to the yeah, just the amount of interaction that he has with Genki and his mom and stuff like that. Like they really lean into the fact that he's a different character than Peter. And uh, the game has a phenomenal ending, like just that mm. perfect kind of poetic ending that gets you excited for whatever the next game is going to be. And uh, yeah, I, I love that one. And then uh, on the theme of Star Wars and Black Friday to tie Sonny and Troy together, I picked up a Jedi Fallen Order. Nice. Uh, yeah, I got it on the Black Friday sale on the PlayStation Network for like 30 bucks. And uh, that's a sweet game, man. Like it's, it's totally that part of Star Wars that I love where it's like you meet this guy and he's picking up the remnants of the prequel trilogy and definitely moving forward to what the OT was kind of thing and yeah like Cal's a cool character like yeah. at, at first I couldn't really get into him but I think it was mostly because he looks like my brother-in-law so I was like <laughs> oh Alex isn't, isn't no Jedi but, uh, <laughs> but yeah once I got over that like I loved it and like so looking at the <laughs> the difficulty settings, I was like, oh, I'm totally Jedi Master. Like action games with um, the, what was it? Like the, the rea- I forget what it was. Like the like reaction the controls and parries. Yeah. Like they actually say that in the, in the difficulty settings. I was oh, like, yeah. yo, I'm fresh off Miles Morales. 100 <laughs> hit combo. I got this. Jedi Master. Man, that game is hard AF. It is insane how difficult. <laughs> like, uh, for the first time in my game in life, I had to stop halfway through and turn the difficulty down. Yeah. I am just a Jedi Knight. I have learned because, <laughs> yo, the those lightsaber controls are no joke. Wow. That's why I was asking like, if you're familiar with the Dark Souls game going into it. Because I know, like, the parrying system is, like, you got to be on it, man, or else you're getting blasted. Like, it's... Yeah, like, I was okay. Like, man, I made it to like the first or second planet 
Yeah. And then, yeah, I went, I made it to the second planet and then I went back to the first one and the frogs. And I was oh. like, yo, I can't beat these stupid frogs. <laughs> and it was like so insulting that this big, ugly frog was taking out my Jedi all the time. Oh. I was like, yeah, got I got to take the knee on this one, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and you've, you've come a long way this year, Padawan. So Jedi Knight, that's a, that's a big accomplishment. How how cool though is the flashback sequences? Not spoiling anything, but the flashback sequences, how it, it's like a tutorial, so it's it's teaching you something. Oh, yeah, it's it's genius, like the 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 mechanics behind that. Those are cool, and I and I kind of dug how they built that into the story, like yeah. how the like the Jedi's that we meet at the beginning of the game, like him and the one other um, mentor that he has, how how they almost have like PTSD after order 66 mm-hmm. and like him, not nearly as much as her. Like she cut herself off from the force, but with him, it's like, yeah, he has like a bunch of repressed memories and repressed force powers. And then he's been in hiding for so long yeah. that, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Like I was blown away by that first sequence and, that you're on kind of the like the Clone Wars era version of Star Destroyers and making your way through and salvaging them. And as you're yeah. going around, you're seeing like piles of clone trooper helmets and like staff droids all destroyed and whatnot. Yeah. Like, it's a good game. It's humbling. Cool. Good. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, I thought it might be a breeze because I remember you you flew through it really fast because you <laughs> traded it in really quick. I did. Maybe, yeah. 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 So I was like, well, it must be okay. Yeah. But no, that game ain't no joke, man. <laughs> That's wicked. Oh, I'm glad man. you like it, man. Uh-huh. Good. Someday, man. No, never happened for me. But I, uh, <laughs> you, you guys hold the, the video game end down here in the nerd room. And so we've, we've got that covered. Thank God for you, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, for, to wrap it up here for me, it, uh, it's, I took last week off the hunt, basically. I didn't really have much to say. But this week, man, I found myself back in, uh, what was it you called it, Carlos? The Champagne Room of Kijiji. Champagne Room of Kijiji. <laughs> so I was, uh, I was back wheeling and dealing with a, a dude up north, the same guy that I had purchased a few Jurassic Park items off of. And he had informed me that his Ghostbuster stuff was now hitting Kijiji. And I sat on it for about a week. I let, it, I let, it, I let this one ride a little because I, I wanted to sweat it out, you know? Wanted to make it feel like uh, that these weren't actually worth what he put it up for, which was very reasonable, I will say. And uh, so he's got a few things up, you know, some fright features, action figures, fully accessorized, some trap ghosts, and uh, and a few other things. And so I get talking to this guy, and I send him a list. He uh, he wants one forty for it. And so what does Ooh. Tim do? Offer him seventy. <laughs> <laughs> And so bold, yeah. so bold. <laughs> and this stuff is great. And this is like '87. Like you got the X cop in here, like the the with all the freight features and everything. This was like my prime Ghostbusters. This is to me. Carlos and I were talking about this earlier. That that freight features, Vankman race stands, the Winston, all that. That is like when I was old enough to be consuming Ghostbusters. Three, four, five years old. And this is was my wheelhouse. Not even like the first wave, first two waves. But it was this stuff that like represents my Ghostbuster childhood. So to see it with all the accessories, I was getting a little sweaty. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. So I offer him half price. We go back and forth a little while, and I get to a point. I'm like, all right, dude, like let's let's up the ante here. So he has this Lost World 
jungle cruiser jungle tracker i think it's called you know it's a beautiful beautiful car from 1997 it's something i've had my on for a long long time it's fully working all the darts the, the lights still work on the top from the battery rapid thing i'm like all right let's throw that bad boy into the mix here he wanted 50 bucks for it i just up my offer by 25 so cut that one in half <laughs> so i end up getting the whole lot including the car for less than the original what he wanted for just the ghostbuster figures oh my goodness man that's a good and deal look i'm not out there ripping this guy off i thought what i paid him was i got a bit of a deal but i took a lot of the stuff that was like individually priced on kijiji so i lot it all together and so him and i found an, a nice kind of rapport a nice back and forth where i got a good deal for sure but i also didn't rip the guy off like whatever helps you sleep at night tim just tell yourself no. that it's okay man hey you don't have to justify it to us, hey, man. man we're not it's... like passing judgment i'm not it's scalping here hey, i'm not man. scalping here i'm just looking for a good deal on these figs man and what what really <laughs> helped me was my previous ghostbuster experiences where i lost a couple lots being like okay this stuff will come around again if i can get a good deal i'll take it if not I'll pull back. I'll pull back. But nonetheless, I, I, I said I put a picture up on our Instagram. You can see the box of stuff that I got there, some of the fright features and the and the, tr- go, uh, the jungle tracker or cruiser, whatever it is. But some beautiful, beautiful items that I'm, I'm happy to continue to add and, and pad out this collection that I found myself in at the end of 2020 here at least. And it's going to be definitely continuing to 21. <laughs> so. Man, the dealing is so crazy because it's like you go in half price on that. <laughs> And then I'm I'm here tonight trying to secure Kanan and Ahsoka for Troy and I am like, that that five bucks that I asked that guy off. I think he I think he's gonna blow me off because I, I asked for the five dollars off. Carlos, hand in your brown card. Come but, on now. You know what? They, they would revoke. <laughs> my taste buds and your like. Uh, what you got? Bartering skills between yeah. the two of us. We've disappointed a billion people. We're, we're going to be here. excommunicado. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. You got I've taken words of wisdom from my dude Troy over there. Ain't no shame in your Kijiji game. Yeah, man. You, you just right. got to go for it, man. The worst thing they're going to say is either nothing or no, right? Yep. And then you at least gauge it. My biggest fear is I go in and I offer them something and they snap take it. It's like, ooh, man, he was definitely not at his basement there. And and so you go I I go in half because I'm like I'm gonna find their basement right, <laughs> and then I'll work from there. <laughs> but like you can't find their basement by just saying you know whatever. But you have to be the other thing is you have to be willing to lose it, and that's a big lesson of mine this year, is you have to be willing to lose it if you can't get it for what you want. Some things like the tower I did earlier this year, you just have to pay what they have because it's such a good deal. Mm-hmm. And that comes with also being a bit knowledgeable in this stuff too, right? And that's really helped me is getting into this and understanding what things are worth at the moment they pop up in Kijiji. So champagne room, full effect. <laughs> also coming with this deal was a commitment for him to send me the rest, the list of the rest of stuff. Um, nice. so, so there's some Joe stuff, some Transformer stuff. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what's in the list when he sends it to me. But it was—it's a ton of fun. I love the Kijiji hunt. It's—it's uh, it's truly. That list is still year. pending. He's like, "Oh my goodness, I gotta feed my family. Gotta save yeah. that list." 
Tim has I, I just, just hope he's not a listener. I hope you didn't give him one of the stupid stickers because if he no, hears I did not. This, <laughs> yeah, if he hears this, you ain't getting that list, brother. My, my, my <laughs> name on my name on Kijiji is not Tim. <laughs> MIT. I he's go like, by. They'll never know. I have an me. alias on Kijiji. Hi, <laughs> it's Mitt. Yeah. <laughs> Mitt from the yeah. fan fan lounge. Yeah. <laughs> you can catch us every Wednesday. <laughs> He'll never know it's yeah, me. Never know. <laughs> so he grows I a mustache when he goes to like pick up the stuff, and I just he shaves uh, it off. I, I wear a V for Vendetta, my Guy Fox mask. <laughs> Show up in their front in their driveway, just staring at them. How creepy! Oh, all. you should have seen this one though too. I, I got there like cases are real bad in Calgary, so I literally get there. I put the money in a plastic baggie in a bin, I put it in the middle of his driveway. He opens his garage door. I'm like, money's in there. Just chuck the stuff in. And then him and I have like a shouting match across the driveway <laughs> because trying to talk to each other. It's going to be a drive-by next. Tim will just bring his truck and he'll be like, just don't even slow down. Just throw it in the back and keep going, man. Well, it's when I got showed up. Oh, you're back. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, how goes it? Yeah. Well, it's funny when the people are like, I'm not going to reveal my alias on Kijiji, but when people call me that, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like I'm looking over my shoulder like, Who, who's he talking to? I'm that guy. <laughs> kind of want to know what his alias is now. I'm gonna be it's, just posting stupid shit. Super dumb. Like you can find it, no problem. Like it's very it's like easy super to find. cheap, cheap stuff. I'm the guy with like, all oh, the have, reviews like, that are. He came in really low on the initial offer. <laughs> <laughs> the complete Jurassic Park, you know, set for 13 cents. Yeah. Tim will be like, "Would you take six? Yeah. He's like, "Ah, oh, I know your alias now." Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent. Yeah, you can try to bait me in with some pictures. <laughs> uh, that's called catfishing. <laughs> it's true. Figure fishing. I can catfish you, Tim. Fig fish. <laughs> the only other thing that I did is, is I, I plugged into six one six. I talked about it last week a little bit, and I watched the unboxing episode. I think it's called. It's but the figures. Great episode. Very reminiscent of like toys that made us and the Funko making fun documentary you see on netflix so i definitely recommend that and then i also watched the marvel method one carlos spoke in a bit of detail about this it is a a wild look at only dan slot is the only one that conforms to this <laughs> and the rest of marvel does it a different way but dan slot does it this way where he basically just like writes a script no it doesn't even script he just writes the story and gives it to the the drawer or the artist and says here you can do it and so, like, he doesn't give him a script, a panel breakdown, nothing. He basically just writes an outline, and the artist does all of the rest. Interesting. I would have liked to see how that worked with uh, him and Giuseppe on Amazing Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. That would have uh, been kind of neat to see. And, like, he's... Interesting. Like, yeah, it's it's really cool, especially for you to try to watch the dance, mm. dance lots. I guess he's, like, notoriously bad at hitting deadlines and... <laughs> Like well, isn't it's, that what Stan Lee used to do? But this, so Kirby? they go into detail. I won't spoil the whole thing, but they go into a bit of detail as to why the Marvel method existed because Stan Lee was the only writer at that time. Like, again, you're going back to like, you know, the early 60s in that, and you you were in 2020. Um, but he was the only artist or only writer, and they had like Kirby and a few others, right? And so because Stan Lee was doing a lot, they kind of took a bit of that from him, and that's how it was developed. But I guess a lot of Marvel's skewed away from that because it's unreal pressure on a on an artist to basically pull together seventy percent of the story. Well, and you wonder why Jack Kirby wanted more credit and left to make the new gods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and that's very true, right? Like that. that he probably, probably showed up on Julius Schwartz's desk and was like, "What do you mean? Do I have any experience writing? Have you not read the last 
25 years of Marvel yeah. comics. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. I was handed an outline. Spider-Man. Here you go. Do something. Bit by spider. Do with it what you want. Yeah. You're like, oh, damn it. It's, it's actually oh, quite cool. that's what he did with Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of the whole 616 thing. It's way more than I thought it was. I thought it was going to be these quick clips and 15, 20 minutes. It's like 40 to an hour long episodes. 40 minutes an hour long episode so very very cool i haven't watched all of them only a handful of them so um very much a recommend there so that that was that's how i wrapped up my week and it's december guys so it's comic book read month for me so i'm excited to get into stranger ventures new 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 book this past week issue seven guardians gotta catch up on cap here so it's gonna be comics 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 for the next few weeks for me and i cannot wait but anyways, guys, that was an extended version of our Weekend Nerd. A lot going on there. But we got a few things to touch on here before we get to uh, the Mando, that is for sure. And just a bit of house cleaning here, guys, before we jump into some of the news. We, uh, we're winding down to the end of the year. And we're trying to plan out what the last few episodes, building into episode number 250 is. We have an idea for 250. We've got to talk it over a little bit. But it a likely... Bikini contest. Yes. It's only Sunjay's there. But I've bef- been shaving my bikini zone <laughs> getting ready for this. <laughs> but before we get to episode 250, which if you look at the calendar, it should be the end of the Mandalorian kind of a wrap up. But we want to do something a little different for episode 250. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a get vocal live stream on December 18th in around 730, o'clock Mountain Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Basically day of drop of the Mandalorian. We are going to discuss the whole series and focus right in on that last episode day of drop that audio then will be dropped onto the feed on the following tuesday and then we will have a pre-recorded episode number 250 that week as well on christmas eve so we'll be taking the majority of that week off but there'll still be two episodes worth of content there and it'll be our 250th episode so we're really excited for what's coming here but we just want to get that get vocal that planning out there so you guys can carve out a bit of time December 18th, we all know what everyone's doing is watching the Mando, except for Sanjay. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I'm going to watch the entire thing on December 18th. It could be Doubtful. a Christmas miracle. Doubtful. You got two seasons to get through, man. There's a ton of If content. you're joining us on Get Vocal, bring your drinks. Yeah, bring, bring your, your drinks, drinks is right, man. It's a little yeah. bit. We'll do a Mando celebration. We'll do a holiday celebration. Kind of get the gang together, get the crew together here to have some fun, get in the chat, get a little silly maybe, but also uh, talk some Star Wars too. So. It's, uh, we can call it a, a nerd room, Mando, Christmas, holiday, whatever it is that you celebrate. Bring a drink, bring your celebration, bring it all. We are here. We we just want to have some fun, and I think that's the best thing that we can do there. So get vocal December 18th. We'll get an official notice out here in the next day or so. But nonetheless, put a, put a sticker on your calendar, whatever it is that you do, a reminder in your phone. It's coming 18th. We'll all be there. Sanjay might make an appearance with a, uh, a brew or two. Maybe not so much of the Mando talk, but he'll definitely be there. Maybe in the chat, mixing things up. Yeah. Well, you have to Yoda check mask. with my agent. Hey, Sunny. Yeah. Bring your Yoda mask. Yeah, bring it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm so confused. I don't know what he's talking about. You, you'll get there. Does that mean and something? The other piece that we have to touch on here is the final listener choice retro review of 2020. It will be coming within the next couple of weeks. But this month, we've done something a little different. We've picked four listeners, Grabs, Stubaka, Daniel, and Dave, to each nominate a film, which is currently up in a poll right now. 
That's Galaxy Quest, Independence Day, Masters of the Universe, and Weird Science. So a a diverse set of films that are up there. The winner <laughs> of the vote, we will watch the film, and we will discuss it in an episode here in December. Just depends on kind of the news cycle and what we hit and where we see a little bit of a lull. We take that opportunity and do that retro review. That will be the last one for this year. The boys are out there already pumping it up, trying to get some, you know, People behind it, a little bit of an army. I know Grabs is doing that work grinding. He's being a little savage. But nonetheless, whatever wins is what we will review. I know some of us are grinding our teeth right now as (laughs) the films that are up there, but it's a commitment we made, and it's a commitment we will follow through on. (laughs) So should be a lot of fun. Get out there and make sure you vote that. The, The poll will close this Friday, so we have enough time to purchase one of these films and then <laughs> watch it over the weekend before potentially recording it next week. <laughs> yeah, when casting your votes, I'd appreciate if you log on to netflix.ca, amazon.ca, <laughs> prime video just to take a look and see which of those picks shows up in a forum that I can watch under a subscription I already pay for. But uh you know, if I got to pay for Masters of the Universe, I gotta pay for Masters of the Universe. That's the, the price of doing that up man. one dollar at the flea market on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible guys! So thanks to those four guys for putting those out there. I think, and I kind of, I kind of like this format because it gets a lot more engagement out of the listeners as well. So maybe as we get into next year for the first quarter of 2020 retro review, we'll engage four new and different listeners to pick the films that find their way onto the poll for a retro review. Technically, I'm a listener. You could pick me. I doubt that you've listened to the last 100 episodes. <laughs> I'm listening right now. Every week you listen. That's true. So, yeah, I get that. <laughs> up until that up until we get to the man, and off goes the headset. <laughs> That's when I go to bed. So, guys, we, we have to uh, – <laughs> I'd be remiss if I did not mention this next piece here before we, we jump into some of the more weekly news. We There's another passing in the Star Wars family this past week, Dave Prowse. The man that brought the physicality of Vader to life in the original Star Wars trilogy sadly passed away. Um, he will be long remembered by fandom, by his family. You know, we send our deepest condolences to to everyone there that is is really feeling the pain of Dave's loss. But he was such an imposing person, and you know, Darth Vader isn't Darth Vader without, of course, the voice of James Earl Jones. But you cannot, you cannot have Vader without Dave Prowse and his just imposing body. He's a big bodybuilder dude, the physical performance behind Vader. Like you have to remember this guy, Vader wore a mask, right? He had, he had the voice, but there has to be so much acting through just the physicality of it. And so Dave will be, will be truly missed. And it, it's Vader's not Vader without him. Like that's the bottom line guys. And so RIP to Dave Prowse. Yeah, rest in peace, man. And like you mentioned, like the body language that he brought to Vader is like no other, you know. And and it's kind of neat because we see it even now in today's Mandalorian, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not always Pedro in the costume, so it's kind of neat to kind of see that that trend go all the way up to like yeah, nowadays. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, man, you know, forever missed. And uh, you you mentioned it, man. Yeah, he's Vader is not Vader without his physicality of what he brought to that role. It's, it's yeah. truly something special. Yeah, man. Rest in peace and. Honestly, Vader's not the only thing that he brought uh, to the world of of nerds, so much like our show, 
he not only dabbled in the Star Wars universe, but he brought magic to the DC universe as well. Because David Prowse is the guy that trained Christopher Reeves to get in uh, Superman shape. Oh, that's awesome. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. We wouldn't cool. have believed a man could fly without uh, Dave Prowse making Christopher Reeves put in that work. So that's cool. Yeah, that's so, awesome. That's dope. Ah, that's that's actually warms my heart to hear that. There's such that little nice little subtle connection over to to DC and another iconic character brought to life there. Wow, that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Very very sad sad day to see uh, another one of the the Star Wars family pass away, you know, along with Kenny Baker, Carrie Fisher. It, it, it's very sad. Very, very sad. But uh, I, I always find it, I always find it hard, guys, moving, <laughs> you know, stepping away from the uh, the passings into something different. But I'm going you know, to have to make that abrupt transition now. Um, and we're going to talk about Disney Plus, guys. It's it's an, it's a topic here that we, we've debated a lot, actually, on, on the show. And it's it's because it's it's in a sense the whole idea of the streaming wars and what 2020 has let us down with the closure of of theaters for what would be eight plus months now for the most part and the moving out of the films and it's it's really affected the podcast and things like Netflix, Amazon Prime, Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus have now become some of our focal points because of the content that they are dropping on there and they will be dropping on there into 2021. And now one of the criticisms that we've had about Disney plus is that I think Carlos always puts this way. It's not, it's not quite a four quadrants type of representation, right? It's, it's very heavily family focused, which is the brand of Disney. There's no doubting that like they've leaned into that hard and, and that is their brand and that is where they make their money. But with the streaming services, there does come a time where you need to pull in a larger adult audience like Netflix, like Amazon Prime is doing, HBO Max, right? Where you have content on there that is appealing to an even broader spectrum of viewers. Now, there's a video leaked. And I guess we're not reporting on this because we think it's real. But I like the idea because it spurs a conversation. There was a video leak was which is meant to be what they're going to show on December 10th at the Disney Investors Day. And it was a trailer that showed some images, some quick clips of what's coming to Disney+. Plus, But it alleged that we're going to see a Black Widow drop onto the service in April of 21. And it also points towards the idea of a Disney 18+. Plus where they can basically open up a secondary tier you can pay for to get films like Deadpool, Logan, The Shape of Water, maybe some content from the Fox studios like Alien and all that, where that doesn't find a home on the Disney Plus that we've seen for about the past year. You know, Mandalorian... Also, Daffy Duck does Dallas. That will be on there too. <laughs> Jeez, Daffy Duck. Long studio. Daff, that's on HBO <laughs> yeah. Max. It's on HBO Max. That's on the Disney Plus 18 Plus, man. <laughs> so it, it brings... I kind of the, the interest I have in this and wanted to discuss it was that the the concept of Disney 18 Plus, like it's to me that sounds weird. And right now it's really off of brand as to what Disney has really crafted their image to be. And so I want to throw it out there to you guys. We'll throw, throw it to you first, Carl. Like, what's your thoughts on on Disney expanding to bring in a separate audience? Maybe that audience that is 
a bit more focused on at HBO Max or Netflix even, right? Like, is this, do you think that this is something that Disney will explore on Disney Plus? I, like, just saying it out loud, like, when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And it kind of makes sense because they need a house for all the, even their own, like, touchstone stuff. Yeah. And, of course, the Fox library and then these kind of ones that have a foot in both worlds, like Logan and Deadpool. But then it wasn't until like you brought up the conversation and said it out loud. I was like, Disney 18 plus that automatically takes my mind to these porn parodies that I hear about (laughs) and stuff like that. Not that I have any exposure to them, but like I've heard of these things. Here's the thing on that. Just not to cut you off. I just heard about them. That's fine. When you're sitting there, my wife listens to this show. (laughs) When you're sitting at your phone or your computer, type in Disney 18 plus like I did today. And I'm, I'm have some explaining to do, <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's there, right? Like, like very much it's jarring because the first thing you think of when you say 18 plus is porn. Like, honestly, like if you're looking for branding, like I'm just being honest here, it's not right to me. Like it doesn't, you can't put those two things together. Like it's clever because it's still the plus, but it just, it doesn't work branding wise. Like there's no way it's called, if they do something, there's no way it's going to be called Disney 18 plus. Hundred percent. And then, like, what kind of wall do you put that content behind mm. uh, within your app, right? Because their app isn't really designed that way for like kids' accounts and adult accounts. I think they have a few little things like that, but I don't know. Disney just doesn't strike me as the kind of company that messes with that stuff, and rightly so. Like I said last week on the show, like they know what they're about and what they want to bring and who they're catering to, and that's cool. Um, but I, I almost take a dimmer view of the kind of serve all masters and you end up exposing kids to things that they shouldn't be and, um, and so on and so forth. So yeah, I, I don't know. I I think that that's fake. And then like, what was the date for black widow? Like on that trailer is April, but isn't it coming out in May 2021? And so that like, that really begs the question, like, was this made before they (laughs) had announced that that was coming out in May? And are they looking at a, a drop in the U.S. maybe in April, the same fashion that Wonder Woman's doing, where they drop it on Disney Plus early, but the role internationally is in theaters a week or two later. If you know what I mean, like, yeah. so like this, the way that HBO Max is dropping Wonder Woman, like we talked about last week, is they're dropping it on HBO Max exclusively in the states. Everywhere else is getting a theatrical release, and then some yeah. VOD or premium VOD down the road. And like that, that is the only way I can explain that 21, April 21 date for, for Black Widow, unless they've dramatically changed their mind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Black Widow like doesn't make sense. Like unless Wonder Woman like shook the paradigm that much that they're like, well, we want to get Black Widow out now. Like, I think they're kind of committed to the theatrical release in Mm. May. And then maybe that theatrical release in May, depending on where, vaccines and the pandemic is that turns into a simultaneous mm-hmm. Disney plus theatrical release. But yeah, I don't know. Like the, as we talk it out, the more I'm convinced that it was a fake, like worst case with Disney, maybe they have Hulu and then offer it as who knows? Maybe they just resurrect the Touchstone banner, right? And have a Touchstone streaming service that you can buy as an add-on to Disney Plus. Because I think there's add-ons already for Disney Plus with ESPN stuff in the States. Yeah, there's ESPN so, Plus and there's Hulu Plus. Like you could, in the States, you can buy like a 
three-year package for all that stuff, right? I'm mm-hmm. assuming they have different apps. Like they're not all embedded inside of the the same app. But you know, and it, to your point about the tiering system, I think that was one of the interesting arguments I saw online for this being real. Maybe not the 18 plus I name, but that Disney right now, in a lot of ways, is stuck in this like seven dollar a month window for a lot of people because they offered like those big kick up packages right for two three years and then even us up here we're still in like it's still very reasonably priced like 90 bucks a year Mm -hmm. or whatever it is and they don't have any way really to incrementally increase that to a competitive level with netflix which is like 14 or 16 dollars like i think i got a a notification either from prime or from netflix it was like if you'd like to access your account you have to click okay with us upgrading (laughs) your cost of your account and so Disney can do that dollar by dollar, maybe over the next couple of years, but they also need original content to boost that. But the argument online was that this is a way that they could add where you pay 15 bucks a month or whatever, and you get access to the Disney 18 plus stuff at the same time. So it's like a different tier. I don't know how you do that inside the app. Yeah. Like I think they'd ha- they really have to step up their game with content though. Yeah. Like oh, for sure. Like it can't just be a library, thing. right? Like it can't just be like, here's yeah. Fox and our mature show library. Like it's got to be mature shows. Like you have to start pulling on, like if they're owned by Netflix, but you have to be doing Punisher style of stuff from the MCU inside of that or behind that paywall. Or whatever. You just have to do new stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't release one new thing every eight weeks kind of mm. deal and expect to keep people happy and then pay more. Yeah. Troy, so, man, what do you, what do you think yep. of this this potential for a secondary tier in Disney Plus and it being an adult tier? We'll steer away from the eighteen plus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I don't know how much I I believe into it. I mean, you guys pretty much covered it, but I would think that um, I mean, the options would really be like either you bring Hulu worldwide for yeah. everyone to experience it, or I mean, the Fox library is pretty huge, and we don't even have the whole thing obviously on Disney Plus. I mean, I don't know if you could get away with doing a fox plus and then you just put all the fox stuff over there mm-hmm. um yeah be making quite a bit of money actually i mean if you could charge say six bucks a month with what you're getting or seven bucks and then you're still charging the whatever you have for the disney plus then you're you're making quite a bit i don't know if that's possible because then you'd probably still have to pump out new fox material mm-hmm. which would be a little messy so i think the cleanest route would be to just bring hulu worldwide yeah. I don't know what the deal is with ESPN, but if you just made Hulu all over the place for everyone to access, and then you could put the Deadpools, you could put all the Fox stuff there, and then the Touchstone stuff, obviously, as well. And then while making new content that's more mature, and you put it on the Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard, too, though, because at what point do you reach saturation with subscription services, right? Everyone's yeah. got Netflix. Everyone's got Disney Plus. Well, most of us have Disney Plus. There's Amazon Prime. There's HBO Max. There's, you know, if you're into like the Peacock thing for NBC or whatever it is. And so, and, and then you add another one in to just get a library like Hulu. Like it, it becomes like you're, you're, we're already seeing an oversaturation of it, of subscription yeah. services because everyone's going that way, which I think is the way of the future. But it's going to become like cable where there's like 300 channels and you watch six of them, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's also about like the, uh, like the original content, the exclusivity, yeah. right? Like, and that's like the thing, like taking it back to video games. That's why like right now, like when you look at like the PlayStation 5, even the end cycle of the PlayStation 4, it was all about 
the games you could only get on the PlayStation mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're just running with it. And it's like, you know, people are going to get Netflix because that's where the only place you can watch the Ozarks or Amazon. Cause that's the only place you can get the boys and what have you. And, and Disney will get into it. Obviously is, is doing some pretty cool stuff right now, obviously going with the Mando, but I think who's at the top of the game, it's probably the Netflix obviously, yeah. cause they've had the most time to develop the most original library you can have. So I think it's just kind of a matter of that. But I, I feel like, too, in this day and age, too, a lot of people are on board with just like, you know, I'll pay my nine bucks here, my 16 mm-hmm. here, and it still works out cheaper than the cable. Oh, for sure. And the content's better. <laughs> the content's better. Yeah, you're not dealing with the ads and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you know, especially with the earlier content, uh, the seasons are already done. So you can just binge watch, right? Yeah. 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 Sonny, man, any, any thoughts on, like, the saturation of the – Direct to consumer market. So and... many thoughts. <laughs> Any thoughts you guys want to listen to? That's another story. <laughs> um, what I think with um, Disney Plus, one thing that might be kind of cool, and I don't know if they'll do this, um, is if they like released two cuts of the film. So like one would be like a TV cut, say for an R-rated film, and put that on Disney Plus. And then if they did like the full like uncensored cut or like the regular theatrical cut and put that behind like, I don't know, like on a different, maybe not like Disney 18 plus, but you know, like maybe like an unlock thing where you'd have to put in a password to access that. Uh, that's one route. Maybe they'll go and then it's no more, you know, um, no more like se- separate app kind of to access it you know or like behind like a velvet rope or behind some beaded curtains it's just See, that makes it <laughs> no sound like porn again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not in the kijiji champagne room <laughs> uh, in terms of like saturation of uh, streaming services yeah man we're, we're getting there it's, it's almost as like it's too bad there couldn't be a place where you could like rent a movie or watch a movie that had it from all different kinds of studios and all different like hard to find movies and stuff that were new releases and you could take it home and watch it and then bring it back and get a new one. It's it's too bad. We haven't thought of something like that, but maybe one day we will. Yeah. In Canada, it's called Crave. <laughs> I actually Apple. like Crave, man. I got that too. Oh, and I uh, love it. And Crave's, Crave's awesome. I got the HBO like add on too. And there's so much stuff. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm plowing through the sex in the city, like series now I'm on season six. Oh my god, I love that show. I kind of want to start like a new like podcast where I just talk about Sex in the City episodes. Like, what do you guys think? Should that be like a new spinoff, Sanjay in the City? <laughs> I already love it, man. I'm in. Nice. Not All to, right, I'll listen to the first episode, and then you got to hook yeah. me because you know my rules. <laughs> yeah, man. Just talking about Big and Aiden and Harry and Charlotte and Samantha oh. and Smith, Jared and. Huh, I'm not kidding, man. Leave, I freaking love that show. <laughs> that? Leave the movies. Actually, the sequel. Part no, two, my sequel is like one of the worst movies I've ever seen yeah, in my life. Yeah, the first bad. one, though, was good. first one was dope. Yeah, yeah never Oh, okay. Troy, man. So we don't agree on V for Vendetta, but yeah. Sex in the City is the thing I'm that there, man. together. I'm there. You bring yeah. the Cosmos. and uh... This could be something special. <laughs> you just witnessed it, guy. The birth of a new podcast. Troy in the City. Next movie review. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, well, just not the second one, man. If they picked the second yeah. one, we had to rewatch that. That's like cruel and unusual punishment. Oof, we had to review that one. Oh my god. Yeah, I'd put the old uh, producer card there on that one. <laughs> <laughs> not happening. <laughs> so, guys, with with the kind of the idea of, of Disney Plus potentially expanding, Black Widow maybe finding its way onto Disney Plus. 
there's another interesting piece to all this and that's the idea that or the fact i should say that most of the netflix marvel characters the rights have now reverted back to marvel studios so the likes of Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil, all three of them in the last two, three months have all reverted back to Marvel. They were with Netflix and I guess a period of two years had to pass after their cancellation before Marvel got the rights back to be able to do with that IP as they please. Not necessarily the same or the same actors or same stories, but the characters themselves, the IP, putting them into the MCU. And we will see Jessica Jones and Punisher revert back sometime in February. So these are these street-level characters that rose in popularity during the early Netflix releases. And you've seen them you know, used in a big way in the Bendis era of comic books, of Avengers. And so characters like Iron Fist, Luke, Luke Cage, Daredevil in particular, I know has big, big love on the podcast here jessica jones and punisher like these these are substantial characters that will find their way in some capacity into the mcu the question is should they be the iterations that we've seen before likely and carlos did inform me of this pre pre pre-podcast that netflix seemingly owns the the shows themselves not the characters but the shows and so those shows translating over to disney plus i don't unless they buy them out I don't really think that's going to happen. So you're not going to find, say, those street-level shows from Netflix, Marvel on Disney 18 Plus or whatever the hell it's going to be called if they do that. But what are they going to do with these characters? Carlos, man, Daredevil is is a is a, one of your dudes. And, and yeah, man. to me, Charlie Cox put on an unbelievable performance as Daredevil, both as Matt Murdock and Daredevil, Daredevil himself. And so they have all these characters that have these actors tied to them to some degree what do they what do they do with that what does kevin feige and company do with those characters hard reboot reintegrates them into the mcu do they kind of play along with these actors that are tied to these characters what do they have to do to re-engage an audience around these characters and either separate themselves from the netflix stuff or integrate that into the mcu in some capacity yeah dd he's like top two for my marvel all-time loves and like top five just across all superherodom so like yeah matt murdoch's my my guy and uh yeah i had a lot of love for all the netflix marvel shows to be honest the only one that i didn't make it through was jessica jones season three Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like dead in the water right like yeah they announced that everything was canceled and then it it just wasn't very good. Like it felt like a massive step backwards. And so the show coupled with the cancellation of everything, I never made it through, but like daredevil season one through three, absolutely loved. Yes. Love both seasons of Punisher. I like the defenders. I know it had its detractors Mm -hmm. like iron fist is like top 10 favorite characters for me, Marvel side, but like Finn Jones, you 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 don't deserve the immortal iron fist man sorry dude like that 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 one let me down although my wife quite liked it and i thought jessica jones was admirable yeah and uh mike coulter is luke cage oh he was like great. sweet Fantastic. sweet christmas it was perfect but despite all that like i think they give it a rest for a minute and i think they hard reboot some if not all of them like Iron Fist, I wouldn't mind seeing spin out as Shang Chi, maybe. Yep. It's very obvious. And then, either. yeah. 
and Daredevil, I don't think you take a run at doing a, a TV show again. I think you do a movie proper and big time. And then, yeah, as far as Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, maybe you try those as TV shows again. Uh, like Luke has a ton of potential and you could tell wonderful stories with that character. And there's so many diverse paths that you can take him for the type of superhero that he is. So I, I think he would work better as a show just because you can kind of play in different, different parks all the time. But uh, yeah, I like as much as I love all those shows on Netflix, um, I think you just kind of scorch earth it. And it's a shame. Like we lose Charlie Cox. Um, we lose uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as mm-hmm. Kingpin, which was awesome. Uh, I really like John Bernthal yeah, as the Punisher. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's just kind of in the best interest of the MCU to just kill all that and just start fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, Troy, you and I spent a ton of time on this podcast over the last 240 some odd episodes here talking about iron fist luke cage we did major breakdowns of the defenders with kyle we we did a huge breakdown of daredevil season one when it first dropped and we've been really at this for almost the entirety of the existence of the podcast and so we the podcast grew with these characters and my biggest concern right now with these with what they've done is they've burned through a lot of good material and like with characters like the Kingpin and Bullseye and mm. you know Charlie Cox's Daredevil was unbelievable yeah. and like they nailed this stuff and how do you eclipse that with a new set of characters like I agree with you Carlos like sitting on this for a while like how long do you sit on this though 10 years to make people forget about what was done and then kind of rehash some of it like it, it's so hard because of the length of seasons like you're talking what is it? Six hours per season, like eighteen hours of Daredevil content, say, give or take. Like, how, like, how do you re envision all that and not feel like you're retreading some of the stuff? Like, I, some of the reboots we've seen in the past, like Spider Man's been fortunate enough where they haven't really reused any of the same villains, right? Like, they've they've stayed and veered away from some of it in some, well, not all cases, but in some cases. But like Troy, like what what can they do? What is what is your take on this? Like, given that the amount of time we spent talking about this, like, can you separate yeah. yourself away from these characters and see them re envisioned for the MCU down the road, five years, say? Yeah, hey man, like I'm a I'm a Spider Man guy, ride or die, and uh, I've seen my boy recast countless amount of times. Mm-hmm. So I'm uh, this is a new territory for me. <laughs> but I think um, when it comes to this universe of the Netflix. I honestly say, and it looks like we're doing it already in the MCU, you bring back Charlie Cox, but you reboot Daredevil. Mm -hmm. I say you get rid of everybody else, and I loved a lot of those other characters or actors, but I say you bring back Charlie Cox as Daredevil, much like we got JK back as JJ, we got Jamie Foxx back as Electro, and I'm not talking multiverse, like don't do any of that stuff, but I just feel like Charlie Cox, he, he should get that one shot, man, to be live action, big screen, going toe to toe, or teaming up with Spidey and what other characters you want to throw in there. Um, Prowler, even, you know, street level. I just think that that character, that actor should be in the MCU because he's kind of the one that started it all mm-hmm. when it came to the, the Netflix verse. And at that point it was connected. At least we all believed it was. And uh, I think he was right at home with that role. I would love to see him come back. I don't necessarily care about anyone else. I mean, 
it would be kind of cool, but I feel like he's the one that we could kind of get over it and be like, yep, it's a new Daredevil, but the same actor and just see him go at it, man. Live action, big screen, in the court, courtroom drama, all that stuff, man. I want it all, but I want I want Charlie Cox there, man. There's there's a there. She-Hulk show coming up here. There you go. <laughs> oh, there you go. Backdoor pilot. There yeah. you go. He walks in, man. Pilot. He walks yeah. in there with that cane, and you, and then the pans up from the feet to the cane, all the way up to the face, and you're like, boom. Ooh. There he I is. I love that, man. I, there I he can, is. I can ben also Affleck. see them. Yeah. Back is Daredevil. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you know what's funny? You you say that bring back just Car- Charlie Cox, mm-hmm. and maybe with the exception of Mike Coulter mm-hmm. as as Luke Cage, those two. I could be just happy with them too and, and just believe whatever you want to believe and be done with yeah. the other ones. I think I can, I could do that. I have a hard time because Luke Cage, like he was just so perfect as Luke Cage. He was great. Like just so great. perfect. And, and yeah. Charlie Cox, of course. And so I, yeah, it's, I could probably buy into that, but like, I agree with you. Like they've made that leap already with, like you said, with uh, J Jonah Jameson, right? that mm-hmm. they can cast the same character or same actor to play the same character again in the MCU. And so moving past that, like, I think they can do it and they just have to find a way to, to reintegrate Charlie Cox. And yeah, exactly. Whether or not like, cause the thing with the Netflix two stuff, it kind of got the, the timeline got stunted because they stutter stepped like into 2012 and then they didn't really get too far past that. It's not like they got to like end game right. or anything like that. Right. Right. So you could, you could maybe, bring that in a little bit i don't know but uh but sunny did you ever check yeah. out any of the netflix stuff uh no i had all the intentions to and i think i watched like some episodes of daredevil and then for whatever reason i just didn't keep up with it um but if it's still on there it might be worth the revisit um, i'm particularly interested in punisher well punisher is always been my a second big... favorite one He's yeah great. man I've but you have to watch like daredevil big... you have to watch daredevil yeah season, yeah, season one man. and two yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Season I'll have two to, like, is check those bananas, out. like with Daredevil with Punisher right. in it. It's nice, man. Okay. Okay. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Um, in terms of like what what they should do, I think just like scorch earth it. Unfortunately, because you think about back to like Infinity War, like the whole world is like battling with Thanos and stuff, and then they never show up, and you're like, come on, guys, like what were you guys doing? So I know why they didn't show up, but it would be hard to like go forward when it's like, oh daredevil you showed up to help me tackle prowler like spider-man saying that but it's like but where were you when thanos was like snapping you're like well sorry man i just i wasn't there you know what i mean what is matt gonna do yeah (laughs) that's what i'm thinking man sorry what is cap gonna do like matt his most effective thing to do during infinity war would be to be in the church praying (laughs) <laughs> because that that's about all well, my boy can do. Look, they, Whoa, man, don't sell him short there, man. Like Matt yeah. Murdock's been battling like Kingpin and um look, the yeah, Bullseye not- and um Electra. So you know, he's got some moves. He can take down some people. Don't don't sell him short like that. You're talking Thanos though, man. You had to yeah, they, but look, it, he has my he dude. Has weaklings. Caps my dude and they had to give him Mjolnir make him stand toe to toe with what he was doing there, right? Like that like, that story is isn't as believable without Widow. him having that. What's that? Black Widow was on there kicking ass. No, she was and like not. No, she wasn't. She was at the no. bottom of <laughs> a cavern. Yeah. Well like she was like in there like helping. Nope. You know what nope. I mean? Nope. Or like not ending, man. She was not there. Well not at the end, but like at the beginning she was helping, you know? Hawkeye was there. He was just shooting a bow and arrow. You can't tell me 
uh, Daredevil couldn't have whooped some butt too. Like he's like, I got my Billy Club, man. I got this. I'd say I'd say Daredevil over Hawkeye, in terms of like fighting ability. If I like, if I'm battling Thanos tomorrow and I can choose who who I want with me, I'm choosing Daredevil. You know, I want him by my side. We'd both die, but at least we'd like get some liquid. I don't, I don't fully disagree with you there. Or Luke Cage, like, or Punisher, like Punisher could have had some guns and been like pew pew pew. Yeah. Like, come on, man, that would been that would been cool. They could, they were yep. defending Hell's Kitchen from yes, from King. Maybe they're helping there. Yeah, He's fighting yeah. parademons. They do this all. They Sorry. do this in the comic books all the time, right? It's like, where was this guy? <laughs> well, he was off over here doing this thing. Yeah, <laughs> they just need to show one shot. If they just showed one shot, then you'd be like, okay, now you can bring him in. Or maybe they can like retcon in a shot or something. Yeah, man. They got to ret. It doesn't matter. Character over continuity. Who yes. cares? Yeah. Who cares well, where they were? They've also got a retcon. They've got a retcon in the X Men at some point. The Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> where were you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's out here. Wolverine, Magneto, Professor X. Uh, they're like, oh, we were they there. They got some what work do to mean? do. The Eternals. Where were you when Thanos yeah. destroyed yeah. the world? You gods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, just like where was Captain Marvel during Avengers One? Right. Yeah. Where Sarah were you? Been there. Space. Yeah. Drop line, man. There's a lot, of, a lot more planets yeah. suffering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let, let's let's jump over to our last topic for this evening. Let's talk a little bit about the Mandalorian chapter thirteen. Oh, yes, let's do this, man. I've been waiting all week for this, Mando. Let's, let's go. Let's do it, Sonny. All right. I like the enthusiasm. Yes. Troy, man, I gotta turn this over to you yeah. first. You yeah, are. Man. The man that's been committed to the Clone Wars since a yes. date with your now wife. Yes. You were putting the early work in <laughs> mm-hmm. and saw Snips, Ahsoka Tano, Snips. on screen there for the first time. And now to see her live action in this cool. form. Let, let's let's just talk about your first reaction because they open up to her, which blew oh. my brain apart <laughs> like seeing oh. that. But, like, man – you, your your evolution through life from yeah. dating, marriage, kids. Ahsoka's yes. been there. She's been there the whole She's time. Been there. She's been and the she side just... piece. <laughs> <laughs> side piece snips. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, wow, man, what a journey, what a ride. She she just gets better, man. Ahsoka just gets better. And uh, I I gotta I gotta thank Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. John Favreau. You guys, they, they, man, they killed me here. They, this is, this is the best, this episode, like, I'm not holding back. This episode, for me, it's everything I've wanted in Star Wars. This is my, the best live action Star Wars I've seen since Revenge of the Sith. Like, this is my, this is my stuff. Like, Force Awakens was, like, my number, number three. It's always on that rotation between Empire and Revenge of the Sith. Um, And that's for the movies, right? But just, I'm talking live action. I'm talking about bridging the gap with with all properties of Star Wars. This one episode of 43 or whatever minutes it was did it all. It did it all for me. And uh, Rosario Dawson, man, I think in my opinion, it's the best live action Star Wars performance I've seen since um, <laughs> since Last Jedi's Luke. Um, say what you will about that movie. I feel like Mark Hamill's acting was on a million in that film. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Rosario just just killed it. She brought the weight of everything that we've seen Ahsoka journey through from, from snips from the clone Wars movie to her growth in um, season seven of clone Wars and to her being basically in her prime in rebels. And she's been there, man. She's been there all. She's seen um, the Jedi's in their prime. 
to basically being extinct um, to now the end of the empire. And Rosario just carries that. Um, her body language throughout the whole episode, even when she's happy, you can still kind of feel like that um, that loss of of Ezra, possibly of Anakin, Vader, of Obi Wan, everybody that she's lost. Her performance is incredible, and for that, I gotta thank Filoni because Filoni, for me, is the biggest MVP in this episode. Because when I look at Filoni's directing from uh, Mandalorian season one. And Filoni's my guy. He's on my Mount Rushmore for Star Wars. His his directing live action, his first time, it was it was weaker. It was noticeably weaker. But here, this is only his third or fourth episode, I think, he's directed. And it's it's incredible. Like he he killed it. And you can tell he's a character director because he must have like like Ahsoka's his girl. That's his that's yeah. his property. So he totally walked Rosario through it. And her being such a phenomenal actress just translated exactly what uh, Filoni wanted and and it worked it worked on all levels it was just incredible man this whole episode I was just it was like seeing Spider-Man join the MCU for the first time I've always wanted to see Spider-Man interact live action with the other heroes and I've always wanted to see Ahsoka or get some kind of connection of Anakin in the uh, the sequels or the just like the later era of yeah. Star Wars and it was all here man it was incredible I listened to this this uh, this episode with my headphones on, I think the second or third time, and the score mm. was incredible. You, you hear bits of the score of Ahsoka, her battle with Vader in Twilight Apprentice of Rebels season two finale. You can hear a bit of that score in there. Like all the DNA of just like, Star Wars was in this one episode. You got the Mandalorian, you got the Jedi, you got the back history of of the Clone Wars of Revenge of the Sith. Ahsoka just mentioning that one little line mm-hmm. too, you know about. Um, I've seen this happen to the best of us. Yeah, the anger. Oh, like the oh, the fear, right? Mm. I was like, man, like this is just like Anakin didn't even show up. And I just felt him like there, just in that line. And again, her performance, you can feel exactly what she's been through. From her leaving the order to her fighting Anakin to find out Anakin is Vader. All that stuff, man. It was all laid out on the table. And this is like the first time we've seen like this new person play Ahsoka. And I felt like Ashley Eckstein was there. You know, and that's obviously the original voice actress of Ahsoka. And I was just blown away by this episode. And that's and that's just Ahsoka. Like, not to mention like the very end of what we get. And Ugh. we'll we'll get there. But this thing just had me spinning. Wall to wall, man. I was like, this is I know people have like their episode four and like that's their Star Wars and that classic like desert, all that stuff. But I, I grew up with um Phantom Menace, you know, one, two, three, and revenge was like me at my peak, and this this man is like the Jedi. And I just, I just, I felt it. I felt it, man. I was, I was there. Star Wars to me is on all time high right now, man. Like I'm, I'm there, man. I'm there. That Whoa! was, that, that, Wait. that breakdown was everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> 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 and I, I can't, I don't disagree with anything you said there. Yeah. This performance, unbelievable. And I, like to you, I have to give a shout out to Filoni. The hardest part about translating from, the Jedi in the Clone Wars and Rebels to live action is the lightsaber stuff because of the freedom you have with animation to do the flips, tricks, this, that, and the other thing, things that just don't translate into the physicality of the real world. And somehow he managed to bridge that gap for me between the work that he did with Snips. Like, look, you go to Clone Wars, you go to Rebels, she's all over the place, flipping around, the lightsabers are two of them. It, it's yeah. hard to watch sometimes, right? Like, even you go to season seven when she's fighting Maul up on the... You know, it's crazy. Yeah. That is difficult to do with a human being. 
and make it look real, right? Right. He was able to bridge that gap for me where through like through the fog and her lighting, igniting the sabers at different times and that opening scene blew my like I was like audibly gasping yeah. when it was just like bang right into her. And you see her running through the bush and yeah. like from a distance and you just see the sabers lighting up like it was so well shot. So well shot. Like I think parts of the episode suffer a little bit from the darkness of it. Like mm-hmm. the actual lighting, but I think you needed that to accentuate Ahsoka in those moments with the lightsabers, with her color, everything. Like the look yeah. of her, bang on, man! Oh like, my bang god! Bang on! Like I, I have zero, zero complaints about how she translates from cartoon to live action. And like you said, for them to actually start connecting all this stuff up, you know, pulling from the books earlier this season to, in a big way giving us a what I would call back to our pilot. Like Mando takes yeah. really much a backseat in this episode, yeah. right? To her and her storyline. Yeah. And this is where we really see the child evolve a little bit here too. Like we get a lot of information about the child in this that is kind of dumped in a bit of exposition here. She has a few moments with him. We learn his name, Grogu, which I can't he, I help but hear in a Yoda voice, like Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> we, we learn that he survived the purge that he actually trained on Coruscant in the Jedi yeah. temple. Like these, these are big, big reveals and it makes you wonder what they're going to do next with like the canonization of the child into the prequels, like going backwards, mm. right? Like comics and all this that they can do. So like Carlos, like from your end, you guys have been consuming this fast and furious as a family. You know, you, you've got a daughter that's really, really engaged with this, bringing Ahsoka to live action and then, getting all this information about Grogu, how was it received in, in the Batcave? Dude, I'm working the cell phone to pick up Ahsoka figures for uh, my <laughs> daughter off of Kijiji here. So clearly it was well received because uh, she's she's a little more discerning than anybody else. So characters really got to make an impression with her. And uh, she hasn't experienced the Clone Wars or anything like that. And all she knew about Ahsoka was the just kind of me saying like, oh, there's this cool character that my that Troy loves coming to the show probably next week. I can't wait to see what they do with her. You know to- and... Troy's reputation in, in the Batfan house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that was golden. Probably didn't even have to see the, the show <laughs> to set us down this path at that point in time. But uh, yeah, man, like it, it was perfect. Like just so thoroughly entertaining with her introduction through through the clouds and even just how they deployed her and how they built up all this backstory without actually getting into it really until like the final confrontation kind of thing and how they used her to just very matter of factly advance the child or Grogu's story to the point that he's almost a completely different character by the time we get to the end of the episode was amazing. And they did a good job refreshing him and the Mandalorian and adding a whole bunch of new dynamics to, to their relationship and new factors at play and things that they can get into and making him a bit more interesting than just being a baby. Cause now you know that there's, more facets to this character he's smart um he he's actually had some experiences uh he outwitted the merciless anakin skywalker and uh 
he lived, Troy. He lived. Like so much for Anakin, man. The, the that cute little nugget. He uh, he outsmarted him. But uh, yeah, man. I uh, I thoroughly love that episode, and I swear it's been on in my house like since Friday. Yeah. And certainly, like the clips of my wife found a like a mashup of all the times that people say Grogu and he has that reaction where he looks at, at the Mando. Yeah. Like that stupid video has been playing on repeat <laughs> around here. So yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and man. even just the stuff like with the town that was under siege. Um, I, I love those type of things where you're mm-hmm. seeing the effects on a population of, like in this case, it was kind of like the the magistrate or whatever she was called. Mm-hmm. Um, how she enforced the martial law there. And um, yeah, it was cool. And it gave some stakes. And it had you cheering for Ahsoka right off the hop because you didn't want to see these people being uh, subjugated anymore. And like they were clearly suffering kind of thing. So it had you on board, like cheering for her and the Mandalorian right away. I like that they kept the inevitable Mandalorian versus the Jedi fight to a minimum. Yeah. And it kind of played out very yeah. quickly, but you still got it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they could have done it any better. And Rosario, she's fierce, mm-hmm. man. Like, just yeah. fierce. I I love her in everything, and she was yeah. perfect in the role of live-action Ahsoka. So, yeah, it's cool, and I'm hoping I can consummate this deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's your point there. They do a lot of really great visual work and a lot of really great work with what they say. Like off the bat, like you're saying, you get like this desolate destroyed forest, you get these people, so you immediately know. For those that don't know who Ahsoka is, right? You've got a lot of people that watch the Mandalorian that do not know who Ahsoka is, mm-hmm. but can make the leap from lightsabers to a an oppressive regime very quickly because of what you see right Mm -hmm. you you don't really need any more contextualization there because you get it she's good lightsabers right source is very good at that here's black here's white here's bad here's good right like it is a very very strong line there and i I love how they set all that up and the thing i love about the mando ahsoka fight as quick as it is they quickly show you that and this is for later on in the episode the beskar can block a lightsaber yeah yeah right he puts those up and that's important like that that little scene that's important for the fight at the end of the episode Mm because they don't have to go explaining and having the magistrate being like this is beskar it can defend (laughs) against a lightsaber no you know that going in and so you buy right into that fight like and it's organically woven into the story as it's told right you know Mm -hmm. the mando Mm -hmm. likes beskar she explains it's beskar he goes in it you know like i like stuff like that that just seems seamless especially for an audience where now you're getting into deeper cuts in star Wars, right? Like most people could move past the idea maybe of the Marshall and that was a book thing and all that. Like they did the work there. This is, you've got a character with an immense amount of, of legacy in star Wars canon legacy, but there's probably a good chunk of the audience that may know who the character is, but have no idea why she's around still, what she's doing here, what her connection is to everything. But they do enough here to get people to buy in. And if they got, Carlos, your daughter to buy into it, that to me tells me that the story was laid out in the right way to introduce Ahsoka to an even bigger audience in Star Wars. 
Oh, yeah. And, like, my wife, she's very much on the periphery of Star Wars fandom. Like, she hasn't really watched... Like, she'll kind of watch Mando out of the corner of her eye or um, the clips with with my daughter and stuff of of child. But, like, she was totally riveted for, for this episode from the time it started until it ended and sat down and watched the beginning to end once again kind of thing. So, yeah, they did a great job making a new gateway character for a whole new audience kind of mm-hmm. thing. Like no. she was so wicked. Like it was unbelievable how <laughs> yeah. cool she was. And, and and not to mention like how cool it was the fact that they um they basically got to, you know, introduce this character for oh what, I guess a third, fourth time to a new audience. Mm-hmm. But at the same time give us like that inside baseball, like the Easter yeah. eggs for the mm-hmm. people that have been riding, right? So like, you know, you get um there's a shot yes. and you get the owl, which yep. is like the Morai we've been talking about for quite some time, which is, you know, basically the reincarnated like daughter from the planet Morris, uh, Mortis, and who's been following Ahsoka ever since, mm-hmm. right? So it's really cool that you get to see that. I think you see a loath cat. There's a loath cat in there too. Yeah. You do, right? Yeah. So you see the loath cat. Um, my, one of my favorite battles of all time is when you see Ahsoka versus Vader and she pulls out the lightsabers sideways, oh. right? You get that same shot from that battle that Ahsoka uses at the end. Like, all these things are giving to you, and I I don't want to keep going here, but these little things is kind of like the stuff that everyone's been geeking out about when it comes to the MCU. When they're giving you some of those little things, those little tidbits that we're all like, oh, wait, like, he said, Hail Hydra. Well, the comic book guys know from reading, like, you know, uh, Spencer's Run, like, oh, Mm -hmm. man, like, they're talking to me. Like, I get that. But for the people that don't know, it's okay. Someone's going to explain it to you or what have you. And I feel like Star Wars is kind of dipping into that universe a little bit. And I love it. Like, I I absolutely love it because everyone's winning here. It's just, man. And this is is a 42, 43-minute episode. Um, Yeah. Well, like, to your point, they did a good job managing that because you were never lost. No. No. She could have no backstory that pre-existed before you saw that episode. Um, and it still made complete sense. It made you buy into the character kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. The, the, the only thing I didn't like was they made Michael Bean a bad guy. Michael Bean <laughs> since like <laughs> 1975 cannot be cast as a villainous character. He was so close to Cyclops. Remember the wizard comics? They were like, this is going to be your next Cyclops. Cyclops and Solid Snake, man. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) uh, Let's talk about some of the major dangling threads they left for us to chew on at the end of this episode. So one of them is when Ahsoka is talking to Mando about Grogu and the fact that she won't train him because of this and that. She does point him at the end of the episode towards a a fallen Jedi temple and for them to go there and him to use the force and maybe another Jedi will mm. respond. And I, I can buy into the idea that Ahsoka won't train him because of her past experiences. I don't, I don't need really any more explanation from me there. But what this opens the door to is potentially another Jedi appearing maybe even next week or this week in the Mandalorian. So who could this Jedi be? We've got Luke. We've got potentially Ezra. We've got Cal. Is he still alive? Yeah. He should. Well, is everyone like played the game? No. I so mean... yeah, well, I guess I haven't, it doesn't really, I'm never going to know. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I know Carlos is just played, so I don't want Yeah. So, and who else, who else, is there anyone else out there? That's... Uh... 
Well, oh yeah, there's there's Jason. So there's oh, yeah. Sarah and yeah. uh Kane Jason son. And I mean Ben would only maybe be five. Ben yeah. Scott was solo, which maybe even maybe not even born, I don't think. Because it's well, thirty. Yeah, because I think Bloodlines they said he was born like six years or five okay. years after. But so, um and then there's force ghosts, right? There's Yoda, yeah. there's Luke or Anakin and there's Obi Wan. So so who who try who's yeah. who's gonna answer that call? Like they, they can't tee that up. And yeah. not give us something. And I still find it weird that Ahsoka and Luke have n- never knowingly passed right. across paths. Like, the fact that she wasn't yeah. like, oh, yeah, they, there's this new new Met Jedi that's, like, re- restarting the whole order here. Like, yeah. You know, it, I find that a bit odd. See, and that's the crazy thing. Because I feel like in this show they made it very clear that she hasn't met Luke. Because if she has... And the reference that she makes to Mando about he's too attached or the fear I've seen the best of us go down the dark yeah. path. Well, if she met Luke, she would know that it can work out, right? Because Luke, if not, had it kind of different. She, she had, Luke had it kind of worse than Anakin in the sense that he was older than Anakin. Yeah. And he went through the fear and he came out okay, right? So I think they made it clear that she doesn't know Luke yet. Um, so I have like two... Well, I have three, I guess, basically. One is, like, it's very easy that it could be Ezra uh, on the planet Tython, which is cool because that's another reference to, like, Knights of the Old Republic, the video game, mm-hmm. and, like, the old Dark Horse comics with, like, the, the Jedi kind of – or the Jedi uh, first started. But anyways, um, so there, there's Ezra, which is the easy one. Um, and then there is there is Ewan McGregor's uh, um, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, right? Mm. Like. We, you know, we got that show coming. He's he's obviously working with them. We could very well have the Force Ghost kind of pop up. But my fan favorite, obviously, is Anakin. It's not going to be Anakin. But I honestly feel like what we're going to get um, is Luke. I feel like Luke makes the most sense. I feel like you could have, um, going back to what Tim said, right? So they made it very clear that the Beskar armor is strong enough against the lightsaber, right? So... With, at the end of this episode, we obviously have the uh, the Mando get the spear, right? And I feel like if he's getting that weapon, well, who is he going to fight? He's going to fight the Darksaber welding mm-hmm. Moth Gideon. Obviously, those two are going to have to throw down because Ahsoka is not going to be there to fight. But I feel like since they're being tracked, they're going to track them to the planet Tython. And being interrupted in that battle before Baby Yoda. Sorry, I'm going to still say Baby Yoda. Hmm. Um, <laughs> before he can reach out to a Jedi, I feel like the Mando... And Moth Gideon are gonna are gonna throw down, and Mando might get bested by Moth Gideon, but at that point we're gonna get Luke to save the day, and oh. we're gonna get like that cool like Episode Seven callback where it's like Luke's like that final shot you see, like much like how Episode Seven finishes, Luke's gonna be the one to come there again, and it'll kind of pay homage to Episode Seven where like he's the one, and you know what we cool too is that maybe it'd be Luke and we'd get um. Lord Senteca, because we know Lord Senteca and Luke mm-hmm. are like kind of like checking out temples and stuff like that. So it'd be kind of neat if like you have Luke and like a young, young Lord Senteca kind of show up and kind of save the day. We that green lightsaber clash with the with the dark saber. I don't know, but I feel like um, at this point where Dave Filoni and um, John Favreau are going, I I don't feel like Luke's so much of a isn't so much of like a out of left field. I feel like it's very possible more than ever now. So, because I feel like if if if, um, if Ahsoka is hunting down Thrawn, then she's probably trying to find Ezra still. So she probably still hasn't quite found him yet. I feel like that would be more for her like spinoff show, the Ezra Ahsoka connection. 
but there's so many possibilities, man. I, I wonder so about that because my first leap is Ezra because yeah. the, the reason I make that leap is it's in Filoni's space for sure. Yes. But the call out to Thrawn, like you mentioned, was it like I was like, what the? <laughs> you know, and they, I was yes. like certain it was going to be like, where's your boss, Moff Gideon, and we're going to get a dark saber, <laughs> lightsaber battle. But she yes. name drops Thrawn. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> like, yeah. where did that come from? <laughs> so my leap to Ezra is that they've come back or they've found them. Right. And Thrawn has skipped off and is doing his, his thing with the Seventh Fleet. Maybe we're going to get, like, the Thrawn trilogy proper re-envisioned yeah. post-Return of the Jedi. And yeah. that she knows that Ezra's going to answer him. And that's why she wants him to go there. She's not willing to do it, but she knows that Ezra is out there and that mm-hmm. he will answer. Dope. So I don't know. Cause there's this weird quote put out in variety by Filoni this week, which he, cause people are wondering about, you know, Ahsoka's look at the end of rebels, right? The white yeah. cloak, the big white spear, her tendrils are a bit longer. Um, and I know the tendrils, like they said, her hair thing there, basically said they're shorter than this because it was easier for the actress, right? And the, the stunt actor right. to, to do, which fine is practicality. Yeah. But he's like, well, maybe, maybe that scene at the end of rebels isn't in chronological order. Maybe it happens after the Mandalorian. Right. And with so I being with the short hair, right? Yeah. And so right. there's, there's all like, they've got a plan and he might be trying to throw people off, but my bet is Ezra. We'll... I say the safe choice too. I say that would like make the most sense, especially yeah. like you mentioned, like the Filoni verse, yeah. and like those are the, his characters. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. So let's talk about this Thrawn thing real quick here before we yeah. sign off. Like that was that blew my brain apart. Carlos, are you familiar with with Thrawn, Blue Alien, Red Eyes? Oh man, from the OG days of like the Dark yes. Empire comics yes. being yeah. put out by yeah. Dark Horse. So yeah, I'm familiar, but I also read those comics in junior high school yeah. so i couldn't tell you much or add much Stick to the conversation I, well, I i remember what he looks like and that he was a bad mofo yeah he was awesome Han and leia he was awesome and they had the thrawn trilogy the original thrawn trilogy that was decanonized and put into to legends and all that but they sucked the character back into rebels i think was it Troy season two or three Three, I want to say yeah and they, yeah they reimagined yeah. his origin and that he was present in it because i think in the books he was meant to be during the the reign of the empire he's meant to be in the unknown regions and that's where the seventh fleet was and all that by the time he came back the empire had fallen and all this but they they basically jammed him in as the big bad for the the rebels the rebels crew mm-hmm. for at least the the last couple of seasons two seasons there right yeah. yeah and he's always one of my favorites like the original timothy Dawn book is is fantastic and that character was meant it was this menacing figure that had to to pick up and be imposing enough to fill the shoes of Vader and the Emperor, right? Like a credible threat. And he really did that. And he played a major, major role in Rebels. And him and Ezra have this this exit, right? This yeah. basically like comic book style of they disappeared, but we'll figure out what, what happens to them later, right? They don't have yeah. like a Kanan style death, an Obi-Wan death. Right. right. And so now it's obvious that <clears throat> at least one of those characters are coming back, which, man, Thrawn live action come oh. on <laughs> do you guys have like any kind of like like quickly like a fan cast uh, play him for thrawn i think the guy who did his voice almost looks the part what was Mickelson's his brother yeah mad mickelson's uh, brother Mickelson's yeah. Brother. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 he's got it yeah he's gotta have very very lars mickelson lars right? yes that's yeah. it and very... he's an actual actor i think too right yeah yeah 
Yeah. He's got pointy features, like very yeah. hard jawline and hard cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. What so, about you, man? Any any thoughts on that? Uh, I I want Fazbender, man. I want I want Michael oh. Fazbender in the role and play that menacing kind of yeah. That'd be kind of cool. Whew. Yeah. Man, like, uh, Cumberbatch too. Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. be kind. He's got he's got those hard lines. Yeah. Oh, and he's got the the British accent as well. Yeah. Neither. Yeah. It's not a big bad in Star Wars unless you're British. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I think we'll wrap it up there, guys. There is so much to come in The Mandalorian. This backdoor pilots us into... I, I They'd be silly not to do an Ahsoka series. Six episodes, explore a yeah. bit more, lean into the Force. Like, there's a lot they can explore there. It's ha- It's got to happen, right? And yeah. so the Mando continues to fire on all cylinders. We've got three episodes left, guys. We're doing our Get Vocal Big wrap-up, December 18th. We're going to be sitting out at the mics, few drinks, talking more of what Mando has delivered. Dude, this is, what, episode five of yeah. eight? And this is when they stick all the, like, all the stuff that, this is a season finale style of yeah. episodes. The, the, yeah. the teases in here, what's next. Like, this is, this is big-time stuff. And so, like, I'm just blown away with what they're delivering here and i already can't wait till friday and i can't wait to to, to wrap all this up in a couple of weeks it, it yeah. i don't want it to end but i i just need to know what the big hook is at the end of the season if this <laughs> has already been delivered right <clears throat> what one quick thing too i gotta say um with this episode two the uh credits rolling the art concept art oh, yeah. for this episode i need that book of like what is it like the art of like yeah the mandalorian book two or whatever if it comes out, I need it just for this episode alone. Cause seeing Ahsoka like drawn and painted. Huh. huh. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Troy's side piece. Yeah. Draw me like <laughs> French girls. Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh guys, this was another long episode, but guys, maybe this is just the norm. I can't say that every single week, but there, there's just, I just love getting here talking to the guys, sharing it with all you listeners out there. It's a blast every single week. And I hope you guys are, enjoying and if you'd like to be a bigger part of this show guys you can always email us at the nerd at gmail.com you can find everything we do over at the nerdroom.net instagram is the place for the hunt there's mcfarland stuff going up there there's retro stuff up there there is figure like everything you could think of customization it's all there take a wander through too the legacy of of our instagram grid there and just just you can find all sorts of fun stuff. So head over there at the Nerdrum on Instagram. We've got a great month planned in the Nerdrum here. Might be a few bonus episodes coming down the pipe here. We've got 250. We've got the end of the Mandalorian get vocal session on Friday, December 18th. We've got our year recap, guys. It will land on the last day of this year. This wild, this crazy, this unfathomable year that we have all experienced together here in the nerd room and it's going to be a lot of fun as we get into 2020 so i'm really excited about the month of december and guys we've got new stuff coming in january we've got lots of ideas cooking in the background here in the nerd room as how we can keep this podcast and this brand fresh and continuing to evolve like we've always tried to do the years here of podcasting 250 is a major milestone for us here we're very proud of the content that we're producing but we want to do more and we want to do better every single week so with all that being said guys for the nerd room and for just an unbelievable year of nerd already 
<laughs> I'm Tim. <laughs> I'm Troy. I'm Batman. And I'm still here. <laughs> you knew it. <laughs> that is Sanjay, guys. Sanjay, thanks for, for listening to us just gush over the Mandalorian here. <laughs> Oh man, I was just like this. This excitement is infectious. I was like, I gotta get on this show. Yeah, you do. And then I was like, but then I need to get Disney Plus. Yeah. So you, you what I need that. to do is I need to borrow a password and I need to borrow your computer. <laughs> oh man, fine form this week. All right, guys, thank you very much for entering the nerd room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from The Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from The Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs>